This is We Need to Talk About Sam, a podcast where a Supernatural superfan and a Supernatural newbie discuss every single episode of the hit CW show. This week, we'll be covering Season 2, Episode 1, In My Time of Dying. I'm Kenzie. I'm Haley. And we need to talk about Sam. messed up and said season one <laughs> i no i didn't i did stumble over the hit cw show bit it's a mouthful oh, i wrote a, good. i just thought you about said season one <laughs> i wrote a wordy podcast intro for us oh <laughs> uh, 21 episodes later we're in season two i fucking love this episode it's like we're looking at episode it's so good oh my gosh so I guess we should jump right into it, since I have five pages of notes. Eh, it's technically four, because if you don't count the cast list, yeah, four pages of notes, which is actually not that much. I have one page. <laughs> That's a normal for you, though. Yeah. Honestly, you took a lot of notes for you. <laughs> I was just typing away. <laughs> like, legit, I'm surprised you could hear me over, or hear the, um... Uh, episode over my keyboard. Well, sometimes <laughs> it was a little difficult. <laughs> oh my gosh. Alright. So we start off with a recap, obviously. Um, I don't know what the song for the recap is. The song for the recap, I completely scrolled past it, is Stranglehold by Ted Nugent. Nugent? Nugent. I don't know how to pronounce his Nugent. last name. Nugent. Nugent. Nugent? I yeah, don't know. I that plays during our recap. Um, What's the BAMF? Badass motherfuckers. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the I love um, season premiere and season finale reca- recaps because they're like a montage of the brothers kicking ass. Yeah. While also with like broken up by little bits of meta plot stuff. Mm-hmm. So this one, that's exactly what this one is. We're, you know, their mom, yellow eyes. We start off, I think, with Bobby's line about how there's a storm coming and the boys are right in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we leads up right to the car crash. And then we open exactly where we left off. The Impala has just been hit by a semi-truck. Bad Moon Rising is playing on the radio. The um, trucker demon, as the... <laughs> Trucker Credits demon. call him <laughs> Trucker Demon gets out of the Not NA. the demon trucker. The trucker demon. <laughs> yes. He approaches the Impala. John is unconscious. Dean is unconscious. But as the trucker like as the demon get approaches, um, Sam is awake. Mm-hmm. Um the demon tears the door off of the Impala. Um, I don't know how they explain that one to the cops. <laughs> And as he does, it, re- it reveals that Sam is pointing the cult at him. 
Um, and he says, Sam tells him that it, like, that tells the demon to, you know, leave or Sam will kill him. The demon's like, oh, you're not gonna shoot me, you're saving that bullet for someone else. And Sam just cocks the gun and says, try me. <laughs> and don't mess with me at this point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is, Sam does not have a single fuck to give in this moment. Um, but the demon smokes out. Um, Sam, like, collapses back into the seat with the gun, and he starts, he, like, says John, her dad a couple times, and John is still unconscious, and then he starts yelling Dean's name, mm-hmm. and off to the side, the trucker, like, has woken up. The poor guy. <laughs> oh, this poor guy. He's like, did I do this? I feel so bad for him. I was literally sitting there, I was like, who calls 911? And then the trucker woke up, and I was like, oh, fucking duh. He calls 911. <laughs> the poor guy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, we cut to morning. I love the way they do this shot, with, like, the bright light. It fades into the the morning sky and then the helicopter coming out of this like the sun mm-hmm. you know i love that so a medevac he- helicopter and paramedics have arrived on scene and they're rushing the boys out of there poor fucking sam this is a very dean-centric episode but god sam this whole episode he's the only one awake in a car accident Mm-hmm. And, like, no one will tell him anything. Mm-hmm. And he just wants to know if his dad and his brother are still alive. Mm-hmm. And it's heartbreaking. Oh, my gosh. Um, so we cut to a hospital. Um, and Dean wakes up alone in, in, in the hospital room. We just, there's, like, an empty frame, and then Dean comes into it like he's sitting up. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets out of bed. Very, like, clean... Like yeah, he hadn't just I been through a car wreck. he's got some, like, he's no. got, like, a cut on his forehead, and that's kind of it. There's no, like, wires or anything nope. hooked up to him. Nope, he's up and walking. Um, he goes looking for someone, but there's no one around. Um, and he makes his way downstairs, and he finds a nurse's station, but the nurse completely ignores him. It's like, she can't even see him. Um, he, like, snaps his fingers in front of her face a couple times, even, and she just doesn't react at all. Because she can't see him. Yep. <coughs> Spoilers. <laughs> so Dean goes running back to his room and finds himself lying in a hospital bed hooked up to machines. He's got That's a ventilator, he's got a feeding tube, IVs, monitors, all that fun stuff, and this is when we get our brand new splash screen. I like this one. It's a good splash screen. How is it different? It's, um, the original splash screen was just, like, the words, like, staticky, and this one has fire. Uh. It's different colors, too, obviously, because fire is a red, whereas the other one was, like, a pale bluey color. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so we come back to Dean. He's waiting in his hotel, or his hospital room when Sam comes in, um, and Sam can't hear or see him. Uh, and a doctor comes in and says that John is awake. Um, Sam's like, that's great. What about my brother? And the doctor explains that Dean sustained some serious injuries. He lists off a bunch of stuff, but including head trauma, and that's the most concerning part. And they won't know his full condition until he wakes up. If he wakes up. Mm Because, according to the doctor, the chances of that happening are pretty low. Um... And Dean is like, heck no, not dying, not happening, not yeah. today. And he tells <laughs> Sam to find some hoodoo priests to lay some mojo on him. <laughs> that is his exact line. 
Uh, and we get a, like, a pan close-up to Sam's face. Um, we cut to John's hospital room. We kind of jump between the two hospital rooms a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, John gives Sam an insurance card to use, and Sam tells him about Dean's condition, and, um, that the doctor's really worried, or say that Dean might not wake up, and Sam says something like, you know, we're gonna, I'll find a hoodoo priest to lay some mojo on him. (laughs) This is the first hint that Sam is sensing Dean, even if he doesn't realize that. I pretty much made the same exact note. (laughs) Yeah. Part of me a little bit wonders if it's because of Sam's powers, but I think it's also just that Dean's a ghost, and ghosts can become, like, can be heard and seen. I think it's also because of their bond, too. Yeah. Because they're, he seems, they, they're both, like, really in tune with each other, mm-hmm. and they're, even, like, their presence, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, John tells Sam, you know, they'll look for something to help Dean, um, and they kind of fight about it, because John is, like, John doesn't seem, to Sam at least, like, he's taking this that seriously, and he's worried about the cult. And Sam is like, your son is fucking dying. And you're worried about a goddamn gun. Like, mm-hmm. get your fucking priorities straight. Um, with less F-bombs. But basically, that's the gist. <laughs> if this was... <laughs> if this was on HBO. <laughs> God. Let, Not on the CW. Let the Winchester swear. <laughs> um, Sam tells John that uh, the cult is in the trunk of the car. And he's already called Bobby. He's an hour out. Bobby will tow the car back to his place. Um, John's like, that's great. You go meet Bobby. Um, and, like, here's a list of supplies I want from him. Um, John says these lists of supplies are for protection from the demon. Um, uh, Sam seems a little bit skeptical, but, like, he believes his dad, I think. Uh, he asks if John knew what the demon meant about when it said that when it talked about Sam and children like him, and John lies blatantly lies and mm-hmm. says he doesn't know. Um, and as Sam leaves, we pan to Dean standing off to the <laughs> side, and he says, "No, you fucking know something." Um, who directed this episode? Because yep, it was Kim Manners. This was written by Kripke, directed by Kim Manners. That explains why it's so goddamn good. I love the cinematography of this episode. The way yeah. they reveal and disappear Dean again. Yeah, because, like, you don't know that he's, like, there yeah. that whole time until yeah. it pans away as Sam leaves. Uh-huh. He's, and, like, like there's a shot in the later where, like, Dean is standing next to Sam in the hallway and we, like, we're seeing it and Sam's, in, like, in the foreground and Dean's kind of in the background, you know? Uh-huh. And Dean's talking to Sam and then it hands around Sam and pulls away like down the side where Dean was and nobody's there anymore and just little moves like that yeah. to like reveal Dean's presence in a room it's genius also I can just imagine all the like dancing around each other Jensen and the cameraman <laughs> had to do <laughs> it's so good um, so we go to Bobby's salvage yard and Bobby does not think the car is worth saving um, poor Paul. Yeah, poor baby. Uh, Sam is like, no, if we fucking if we scrap this car, Dean will murder both of us. <laughs> like, not happening. <laughs> we're gonna we'll, we're gonna save the car. You know, Dean will fix it when he wakes up. Um, 
I think there is a bit of denial here, too. Because mm-hmm. Sam is very much... He's like, no, we're gonna save Dean. Still at this moment. He's, like, connecting the two together. Um, yeah. And... It's like, so getting, now if the car can survive Dean's Yeah. Plan. Yeah, and, like, getting rid of the Impala before Dean's even dead would be, like, accepting that Dean is going to die. Yeah. You know, and Sam is not in the headspace to be doing that at all. Honestly, I feel like even if Dean had died in this episode, Sam would have kept the Impala. Oh, for sure, yeah. That car is, you know, was his home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is his home, you know. He'd find a way. Um, Sam gives Bobby the list of supplies that John said were pre- for protection. Bobby is clearly very skeptical about this protection <laughs> uh, like- statement. He's like, protection, huh? Yeah. That's all you use these for? Yeah. Bobby <laughs> is too smart <laughs> for John Winchester's lies. <laughs> uh, well, Bobby's also a hunter, so he yes. knows what yeah. ingredients would be used he for knows- what. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we go back to the hospital, and John is in Dean's room. Um, and we get a really emotional moment from Dean, because John is just sitting there watching it's, it's kind of creepy to be honest like, <laughs> but kind of dean is like why aren't you doing anything a blank expression yeah it's very stoic it's a little bit numb yeah um yeah it's and dean has a really powerful little moment where he he yells at john and he's like you're just sitting there you haven't even called anybody and he's like i have given everything for you and this family and you're not even going to try and save me um but obviously john doesn't hear him dean hears like a weird noise it's kind of like a rumbly noise outside and then he sees this kind of like spirit-ish figure rush past the door um dean follows it and it goes, I wrote hotel. I kept trying to write hotel, and I also keep wanting to say hotel. They're in a hospital. <laughs> if I say hotel, I mean hospital. <laughs> they just spend a lot of time in hotels. They do! <laughs> um, it, like, goes into one room, and it goes out into another room, and Dean follows it, and he finds uh, a nurse, I think she is. She looks like a nurse. She's wearing, like, one of those little, like, patterned like jumpers over scrubs that nurses wear sometimes yeah um she's dying on the floor i don't know what she's dying of those are the same receptionist that he's trying to get the attention of <gasps> oh earlier oh my god it was yeah it was the reception the the nurse that he was trying at the station mm-hmm. oh i didn't even notice same that same blonde lady <laughs> oh did not notice that um, i don't know what's wrong with her yeah, I don't know. Never gets explained. <laughs> but, um, like, Dean tries to yell for help, but obviously nobody can hear him, and then the woman dies. So. <laughs> it's showing, like, how helpless he is. Mm-hmm. Like, he can't touch anything. Yeah. No one can hear him, no one can yeah. see him. So Dean is starting to feel helpless, obviously, like mm-hmm. you said. Um, uh, we go. he goes back to John's room. Sam comes in. And he's got the bag of supplies. Um, Dean's like, Sam, there's something in the hospital. But Sam obviously doesn't hear him. Because Sam, like, storms in. <laughs> like, goes right over the window and is being a big, pouty baby, to be honest. Um, but he's got the duffel bag. And John's like, you know, what crawled up your ass and died, basically. <laughs> and Sam's like, did you think I wouldn't find out? Did you think Bobby wouldn't tell me? <laughs> uh, 
Jam has learned these supplies are not for protection against a demon. They are for summoning a demon. Um, It's like you're still focused on killing this thing instead of on the fact that Dean's dying. Yeah. Sam is... It's kind of the same thing that Dean talked about earlier, which is that it feels like John isn't doing anything. Mm -hmm. Um, Sam says Dean wants more revenge more than he wants to save Dean, and they are arguing and arguing, and they raised voices, um, and Dean is yelling at them to stop it. Um, and he's getting, like, really desperate, really, really, he's, like, his voice is rising, and they're yelling, and then he swings his hand, and he knocks a water glass off of John's, like, hospital bed tray, and it shatters on the floor, and it's silence. I love this moment, because there's this long moment of silence. They're both just looking at it like, what? Because they're both like, oh my god, like, something, they're hunters. Yeah. They know something's in the room. And they know, I think Sam, that's what kind of gets Sam to realize, or start to realize that Mm -hmm. it could be Dean. Because he's always trying to get them to stop arguing. Yeah, it's Dean. Yeah, it's the first hint. And then when Sam's in Dean's room in a minute, he hears Dean. Yeah. But so Dean says, um, there's a little moment of silence after the glass breaks, and Dean says that he full on swayzied that mother, which is a, I think, a reference to Ghost with Patrick Swayze. Um, Oh. mm -hmm. Okay. Uh,. And then he he starts to kind of feel weak, and he, like, stumbles to his knees, and he's, like, flickering in and out, like we've seen ghosts do. Um, And doctors are rushing past outside, and John tells Sam to go see what's going going on, and we rush back to Dean's room to find him, I think, going into cardiac arrest, I think they say. Yeah. Um, And that thing, weird spirity thing he saw earlier is hovering over his body. Um, And Dean yells at it to get back, and Sam hears him. Like, they even, like, do the effect, like, Sam's hearing it. Like, it's kind of distant and weird. Did you notice this with the audio effect? Uh Dean says, like, we hear Dean say, get back in his normal voice, and then he says, get back again, and the audio is, like, like, warped a little bit. Like, he's yelling through a a glass wall or something. I didn't know Sam, like, actually heard him. You can see it on Sam's face, too, because when he says, get back the second time, I think it is the camera's on Sam, and he's like, mm. oh my god, like, I heard, I heard that. Yeah. Um, and Dean, um... Like, I noticed, like, when Dean, like, leaves later, Sam, like, is looking at, in the direction that he left, you know? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I missed the part Sam's where starting to... <laughs> yeah, so, Dean rushes in, and he grabs the thing that's hovering over his body, and manages to get it to leave. Hmm. Um, so Dean is not dead. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and then his heartbeat comes back after that. Yep. So we cut forward a, probably a couple minutes, probably talk to the doctor or something. Um, and Sam is standing in the hallway, just looking at Dean through the open door. Dean is standing, Dean's spirit. <laughs> There's Dean body and Dean's spirit. <laughs> uh, Dean is standing next to Sam, and he says that he is going to stop this thing before it gets him. Because he could grab it, and if he can grab it, then he can kill it. Um, and this was the shot that I talked about earlier, where Sam's in the foreground and Dean's in the background, and then as the camera, like, pans around, Dean's gone, Mm -hmm. and Sam, like, looks, follows the direction of the camera as it moves away. Yeah. It's a really cool effect. It's so, it's so effective. But yeah, you really do get the, the feeling that Dean, Sam, like, sensed that Dean was right there. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... 
So Dean is walking around the hospital and he hears a girl yelling. There's actually a deleted scene from this moment that we learned about. Um, that just adds more confusion this than just anything doesn't work. Else. So there's two deleted scenes in this episode and they both involve the same character that was completely cut from the episode. The first we'll one call him Bloody Joe. <laughs> Bloody Joe. <laughs> the first one, I don't know where it fits within the episode. Yeah. Um but I think Sam when he's is wandering like, around the first time. Well but Dean's following Sam. I mean, maybe he was when he was like following him to John's room or something. Yeah. Um. And Dean like hears a nurse say, "You know, you can start undressing." And he looks into a room and sees a girl take her shirt off. And then the nurse closes the door. And then Dean's like, "Oh, I shouldn't go in there. That'd be bad." And then he like starts to step forward to go in. And someone, a, a man with, like, bullet wounds all yeah. over his chest grabs Bloody his joke. arm. Bloody joke. Yeah, he's, like, <laughs> covered in blood. And he starts begging Dean to not let him die. And Dean's like, oh my god, this guy can see me and touch me. And he looks around for, like, help. And when he looks back, the man is gone. Yeah. Um, that scene was deleted, obviously. Uh, and then there's another scene... Or it's a variation of this next scene where Dean is kind of walking through the halls and he looks into a room and sees, uh, like, a mother next to her daughter's bed. Mm-hmm. And there's another empty bed in the room. But in the deleted scene, the man is on the that bed again yeah. for a couple minutes. And it's weird. <laughs> I, don't I don't understand why. I guess it's the, the Tessa. Do you think... Maybe that's her first attempt at trying to get his attention or something? I don't know. I don't know. I was thinking maybe it was just another, like, trapped spirit. Oh, it could be. But if they erased any other, like, mention of that, of said spirit, like, having those scenes definitely doesn't make sense. If we watch the the deleted scenes and we're like, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) (laughs) Who's Bloody Joe? But so... In the the scene in the episode where there's no bloody guy full of bullet holes, Dean <laughs> hears a girl yelling, um, and he rushes down. And on the same stairs that he came down before, he meets Tessa. Um, it seems like she is having the same experience as Dean. Uh, we learned she came in for an appendectomy. <laughs> Dean says, "I think there were complications." <laughs> Just a cute little moment. Um, she's like, oh, it has, "This has to be a dream," and Dean's like, it's, "You know, it's not a dream. This is real." Um, he explains that it is an out-of-body experience. He talks briefly about out-of-body experiences. Let me... Um, here we go. Here's the wiki page. So... Astral projection. Yeah. Um, so an out-of-body experience, according to the Supernatural Wiki, is the experience of... Experience. (laughs) Experience of floating outside of, or, and in some cases, seeing one's physical body from a place outside one's body. This usually occurs spontaneously and is linked to dangerous circumstances, a dreamlike state, a near-death experience, or use of psychedelic drugs. In um, My Time of Dying, Dean tells Tessa that if they are having an out-of-body experience, it means they are spirits of people close to death. Other names for an out-of-body experience are bilocation, crisis apparitions, and fetches. I've never heard the word fetches. I think Dean says it in the episode, but... yeah. I haven't heard of any of those. (laughs) But yeah, so this is a phenomenon. Um, So Dean thinks that's what's happening to them, because they are people close to death. Uh, And as long as they hold on, they won't die. Uh, So we go back to John's room, 
Sam has told John that he, like, heard, sensed Dean. Uh, he says it felt like Dean was there just out of eye shot, which is probably, like, I love that way of explaining it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, when something's, like, in your periphery, but you yeah. can't really see it, but you know it's there. Like, I mm-hmm. love that. That was a really good way of explaining it. Um, and they decide it must be, it could be possible that Dean's spirit is hanging around. And Sam has a, an idea, and he's uh, gonna leave to go pick something up. And before he goes, John promises that he will not hunt the demon until they know that Dean is okay. So Dean and Tessa are still wandering around. Uh, and Dean thinks that Tessa is being surprisingly calm. Like, she's very <laughs> chill. She's like, well, maybe I'm just coping. But then she kind of goes into this, like, whatever happens will happen. It's fate. <laughs> maybe speech. I'm meant to die. Yeah. I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, someone pages for a Dr. Kripke. <laughs> it's like a, I think it's a cold, code blue, I think, is when someone's, like, dying and they need resuscitation. Oh, is it? I think I that's what it's called. I don't know what that is, but... Let me... Nope. That's not what I want. Where is... Um... I don't know, paging Dr. Kripke, Kripke to room 237. <laughs> is the exact line. Um, Dean, like, follows all the doctors to the room and sees a, the same spirit hovering over a little girl. Um, and he rushes forward to try and grab it, but it vanishes and the girl dies. Um, and I think this is where Dean kind of starts to realize what it is. What it is. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So, back in Dean's room, Sam comes in and he has a brown paper sack with a mystical talking board <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> because I, i'm like it's ouija board like a it's trademark a Wii- i guess yes yes okay. it is um and they don't have the rights to it <laughs> he, he's like you he's like if you're really hanging around like you're gonna give me so much shit for this but here we go and he, <laughs> and he does <laughs> he sits down on the floor and he sets up this magic mystical talking board and dean is like I can't fucking believe we're doing this. I feel like I'm at a sleepover, <laughs> yeah, a but okay. <laughs> and Hank even says, like, there's no way this is going to work. Um, and he sits down across from Sam. I love it's this very shot. I love Sam. Love, it is genius. I love this shot, though, of Sam and Dean across from the Ouija board. One of when they, they, like, saw... pan around while they're doing it, too. Mm-hmm. So, and it like, shows Sam's perspective of nothing there. And then Dean's perspective of both of them, and yeah. as it's like rotating around, it's, it's really cool. So effective, so effective. I I've definitely seen some art pieces of this. Um, one of my like favorite fan art concepts is this specific scene, the shot of them across the board from each other, but with Dean as like a like slightly transparent figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that idea. I've seen it a couple times, but I can't think of any off the top of my head. If anyone has a great, like, piece that kind of depicts that concept, please send it my way, because I'm always looking for new stickers and fan art. <laughs> I just ordered more stickers off of Redbubble. I'm excited. Stickers are the best. They shipped a couple days ago, and I'm very excited. Um, so, Dean is able to slide the plan. I think it's called a planchette, um, is the little triangle thing. Yeah, I don't know how they to pronounce both put it. Their but, yeah. I don't I know how to pronounce it kind of, but I don't know how to spell it. And I've spelled it wrong twice according <laughs> to Grammarly. Um and they he they both put their hands on it and Sam's like, you know, are you here? And Dean slides it to yes. Sam's they're both like, Oh my god, that worked. <laughs> it's really great. Um 
and then he sp- slides the it to spell out hunt and Sam's like what are you hunting is it in the hospital and Dean's like dude one question at a time and then he spells <laughs> out reap um to Dean has figured out that this is a reaper it's not mm-hmm. killing people it's taking them when it's their time yeah um and the fact that it's after him <clears throat> well Sam points out it's like it's there naturally like, yeah it's a natural part of a hospital of life yeah there is no stopping it and uh dean says uh you can't kill death um so if it's after him he's screwed (laughs) sam says there has to be a way and he rushes to john's room to get help he's like well dad can help um but john isn't there um so we cut to the boiler room at why, the hospital. <laughs> why must every boiler room look this creepy? Boiler rooms are freaking creepy. I swear to God. I mean, my parents' boiler room, I think I've been in like twice, and it's creepy. I've been in <laughs> school like, bo- boiler rooms, those are creepy. <laughs> it's got like unfinished walls and stuff, I don't like it. Um, But yeah, like, like, boiler rooms for like buildings like hospitals and schools are always terrifying. So creepy. Um, John he's entering the boiler room he has the duffel bag of supplies that sam brought him um and he starts drawing symbols on the ground in chalk um so back in dean's room sam tells dean that john is gone but he has the journal um he flips to the page on reapers and dean like reads it over sam's shoulder and we don't really know what dean's reading because it's kind of at least my the image was smaller on our screen because i was also taking notes but i don't think you can really read it that well without pausing it <laughs> like they don't like focus in on what yeah. dean is specifically reading yeah i was trying to read it but it's too fast it. way too fast but dean's gonna explain um he reads something and it makes him rush out and he goes running back to the room where previously in the episode we saw tessa like in a hospital bed with her mother watching over her supposedly after her appendectomy complications mm-hmm. um but the room is empty there's no occupant except for Tessa, like, as she is. I think she's wearing, like, a black shirt now. Because previously she? she was dressed in, like, the hospital get-up like Dean was. And now she's, like, in, like, oh, yeah. a black top. and She's Dean's just sitting on the bed mm-hmm. waiting for him. Um, and Dean reveals uh, that he has just learned that Reapers can alter human perception. Yeah, he knows And make themselves <laughs> appear however they want. Uh, he's, like, including... A pretty woman. <laughs> and she's like... Given you were the scared way... the first time you yeah. saw me. <laughs> yeah, she's like, given the way you reacted when you saw my true form, like, it hurts a girl's feelings. <laughs> I love Tessa. Yeah. So much. There's just this... She's one of those actors that pulls off, like, powerful being, mm-hmm. like, but quietly mm-hmm. so well. There's just this quiet, like ancientness to her almost like power and just Mm -hmm. she has a presence in every scene she's in that i love she's so good also she's hot (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) she's really pretty but she's super talented this actress yeah um i don't remember her name is um Lindsay mckeon 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 i think wait what Lindsay. Why does it say as Tessa and Azizel? 
Because Azazel possesses her. Oh. <laughs> Babe, we just watched this episode. Oh, I know, but I was confused for a minute. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. okay. Um, uh, Tessa explains that she needed to talk to Dean, and this was the only way that he would actually, like, communicate with her, and she says that it is his time to go. He is living on borrowed time. Um, down in the boiler room, John is doing the summoning spell, and he finishes it. There's, like, a big pyrotechnics out of a bowl. It's pretty dramatic. Uh, summoning spells are always dramatic. They always have explosions. It's great. <laughs> I want to be summoned by explosions. That's fun. Um, Demons are always dramatic. I swear <laughs> to God. They need a dramatic entrance, especially Zazel. Yeah. <laughs> He's a drama queen. Yeah. Um, but first, nothing seems to happen, and then John's, like, looking around... And then a man comes out in literally nowhere and, like, grabs his shoulder and is like, what are you doing down here, buddy? We're gonna call security. And he, he starts to walk away, but John is not dumb. <laughs> you do not go that long being a hunter and hunting uh, Yellow Eye specifically without learning <laughs> a few tricks. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, D- John pulls out the colt and is like, yeah, I'm not fucking stupid. And Yellow Eyes reveals himself. And this is our first really true instance of Frederick Lane mm-hmm. as Azazel. And he is so good. This is another one of those get, just perfect casting. Finally get, like, a face behind the eyes. Yes, yes. <laughs> that it will be here for the season. Because he's just been a silhouette for so long. Or possessing John. <laughs> yeah, and then he was Yellow Eyes... And then he was John, and now he is... We have, like, a, a face to the mm-hmm. the name, you know? Which is probably just some other dude he's possessing, but... I think he's a doctor. Yeah. Or something. Um, uh, Janitor, maybe? I don't know. Maybe. Um, two demons who are definitely possessing doctors. <laughs> they arrive, like, surround Dean, and... Um, Demon yeah. lackeys. Yes. Yellow Eyes <laughs> is like, do you really think you could trap me? Like, And John's like, oh, I didn't want to trap you. I want to make a deal. And that um, definitely intrigues mm-hmm. Yellow Eyes. Um, so we go back to Sam's, or Dean's room. Dean, Sam is alone, except for Dean's body. Um, <laughs> except for Dean, but not Dean. But it's Dean, but it's not Dean, <laughs> but it is Dean. <laughs> it's Dean's body, not his consciousness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and he, he couldn't find anything in the book, but that doesn't mean he's gonna stop trying. He s- is going to keep looking. And he begs Dean to hold on because he's like, you know, if you leave Dad and I alone, we're gonna kill each other. <laughs> like, you know, and he's like, he he ends it with, um, we were just starting to be brothers again. Which is such a heartbreaking line. And mm-hmm. you cannot imagine how Sam must be feeling in this moment. Knowing that Dean is there, but not there, and in danger, and there is nothing, at least now, that Sam can do about it. But he needs Dean to be okay. Mm-hmm. Like, he just got his whole family back, and now he could lose them. Everybody, again. yeah. You know? And, ah, oh. Jared fucking killed it in this episode. He's so good. He does such a good job. Um... But Sam is just talking to an empty body. Because Dean is still talking to Tessa. And he, he tells her that she has to make an exception. They're in the middle of a war. His family needs him. Um, and I love the way she 
explains all this. Yeah. She's... It's... Ah. It's like... Someone who's used to, like, consoling people. Yeah. She's she's definitely a master of this. Gentle, Mm -hmm. like... I like the, like, kind, gentle guardian Uh portrayal of the Reaper, you know? Instead of, like, a a monster, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, this is someone who's doing their job, but, like doing it kindly, you know? It's like, like we talked about, she's not here to kill him. Yeah. She's just here to take him from one stage to another. Mm-hmm. You know, she's just the fairy man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which I love that. I like this note that you have. Yeah. About it being a, a onward instead mm-hmm. of an end. I like that. Instead of something to fear. Yeah. Like, obviously there's an unknown to it. Mm-hmm. To death. There always will be. But she's like, but, you don't need to be afraid of, like, me. Yeah. She's like... <laughs> but I love also like, that she kind of portrays it as this stepping... He's just a stepping off point. Mm-hmm. It's just... You're take, taking a step from this existence into something new. I love how he's like, and what's that? Like, what's onward? Yeah, she's like, won't. I can't reveal the punchline. <laughs> <laughs> she tells him that, yeah. Um, but Dean, in the, she tells him that later, but in this moment, Tessa tells Dean that the fight is over for him. Um, he is not the first soldier she's taken from a battlefield, and they all feel the same way. Um, she says it's an honorable death, a warrior's death. Dean makes a joke about, um, 72 virgins. Uh, where was that? There was a thing in the trivia. Yeah. Where did it go? Um, uh, so, according to the Supernatural Wiki, in Muslim belief, a martyr is promised 72 virgins after his death if he dies as a warrior. So. That's, that's the Super Wiki. That's what the Super Wiki has to say about that. I have no, (laughs) I am nowhere near an expert of any kind on Muslim beliefs, but, so, Dean makes a reference to that, though. Just another, um... Like, hint that Dean is more... Not hint, but another, like, little tidbit of that Dean is more, like, well-read. Yeah, I think you would have to be, like... Because they're dealing with so many... Oh, yeah. Supernatural creatures from so many different cultures. Yeah. Yeah. You'd have to Um, be somewhat aware of all the cultures and mm -hmm. traditions. and. So Dean says that there's no such thing as a warrior's death, um... And that, like, his body will go in the ground to rot, and his family will die. Um, he is not leaving them behind. Uh, and Tessa's like, alright, like, I I can't make you come with me. You have this choice. You either come with me or you stay. But if you stay, you will not return to your body. You'll be a spirit. Um, she- I love the way she says this. I- I'm gonna have to read it word- It's like, how do you think- she says, spirits um, are born or she something. says, um, there's always choices. I can't make you come with me, but you're not getting back in your body. And that's just facts. So yes, you can stay. You'll stay here for years, disembodied, scared, and over the decades, it'll probably drive you mad. Maybe you'll even get violent. How do you think angry spirits are born? They can't let go and they can't move on. And you're about to become one. The same thing you hunt. Yeah. Um, and I think that the thing that kind of pushes Dean over the edge. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't want to be the thing he hunts. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, go back to the boiler room. Yellow Eyes 
wants to know how he can be sure that this deal isn't a trick, and John says he will give Yellow Eyes the gun and the last bullet in exchange for Dean's life. Um, he says that Yellow Eyes cares more about the gun than he does about Dean, and Yellow Eyes is like, well, he, you know, killed some people who are important to me, but you're right, he isn't much of a threat, and neither is your other son. Uh, and then he asks if John knows the truth about Sam and the other children like him. And John says that he does. Um, that he's known for a while. Yeah. <laughs> uh, John asks if Yellow Eyes can bring Dean back, and Yellow Eyes says no, but he knows someone who can. Uh, and then John insists that he see that Dean is okay before he hands over the gun. Which Yellow Eyes agrees to, but he says that John still needs to sweeten the pot and that there is one thing he wants more than the gun. Um, but they leave it right there because we go back to Tessa's room where Dean, this is where Dean asks where he'll go if he dies. And she says that she can't spoil the punchline. <laughs> um, and she asks him what, like, what his choice is going to be. And I think Dean was going to say yes. Yeah, yeah, for I, sure. I 100%. I don't think he wanted to become. No. Angry spirit, you know. Tessa's very hunting. good at her job. <laughs> but yeah, Dean Dean isn't gonna become a an angry spirit. Um, I think he would have said yes if given the chance, but before he can answer, the lights start flickering and he's like, Why are you doing that? And she's like, I'm not doing that. And then demon smoke comes out of a vent and possesses Tessa. And I love this because she whips around and her eyes are yellow and she says, It's your lucky day, kid, and like grabs <laughs> Dean's forehead. And he wakes up in his hospital bed. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam yells for help, because Sam's still standing there. <laughs> um, we cut to the morning, actually, because it was nighttime, and now it's morning. Um, and the doctor has checked on him. Uh, he says all of Dean's like serious injuries are healed, the head trauma, all that stuff. He doesn't understand it. He tells Dean that he must have a guardian angel watching over him. Which is ironic. (laughs) It's really ironic. I think you even said that while we were watching the episode. She was like, um. (laughs) Um, Dean doesn't remember being almost dead. Um, He doesn't remember Tessa. He doesn't remember the Reaper, but Sam has told him about the Reaper. Um, Sam has told him all that he knows, which is that Dean was like having an out-of-body experience um, and a Reaper was hunting him. Um, and Dean seems to be okay now, but he says something about it just doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is where John comes in, and he's really glad to see Dean up and okay. And Sam is pissed. Uh, he's like, where were you last night? You went after the demon, didn't you? And John's like, no, but Sam doesn't believe him. He is getting angry. Yeah. He is getting riled up, but John does not want to fight. Um, I love this moment, too. You just see it on his, like, face and demeanor that yeah. something's going on with him. Yeah. Oh, it's not in the quotes for this episode. Um, let me find it in the transcript, because it's such a good moment. Five. Yeah. John says, you know, can we not fight? Half the time we're fighting. I don't know what we're fighting about. We're just butting heads. I've made some mistakes, but I've always done the best I could, and I just don't want to fight anymore. Sam is really thrown by this. Yeah, he's like, this like, isn't... This is... Normal yeah, dad? <laughs> this is not normal dad. And he's like, are you okay? Like, <laughs> you know, John says he's just tired, and he asks Sam to go get him some coffee. 
Um, and Sam, you could see it all over his face as he leaves the room. He's like, okay, um, weirdo. <laughs> like, what the heck is going on? But Sam goes to get coffee. Um, and while he's gone, John tells Dean um, that when Dean was a kid and John would come home from a hunt, Dean would, like, he'd be really, like, exhausted and down from this hunt, from a hunt, and John would put his little hand on his shoulder and tell him, uh, it's okay, Dad. Um, and John apologizes to Dean for ever putting him in a situation where a child would have to say that to their parent. He says, I should have been saying that to you, and I made you grow up too fast. I put too much pressure on you. You took care of John, or Dean took care of John, he took care of Sam, and he never complained. Mm-hmm. This is a little bit... I just realized that this is kind of playing off of what Dean said earlier, earlier in the episode. Mm-hmm. Where he talked about how he is given everything for this family. Yeah. And I wonder if... I don't, I don't know. John I John could hear that, that, too. I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, and John says that he's proud of him. And Dean's like, is that really you saying this? It's like, you're not like, possessed again, are you? <laughs> John's like, no, it's me. Um, Dean asks him why he's saying this, and John tells him to watch out for Sam. Um, Dean... Oh my, Jensen does this so well, because it's more of that scared little boy, the same, the same version of Dean that said, you know, dad, don't let him kill me, Mm -hmm. and the end of season one, like, it's so good, and Dean, Dean's like, "Uh, yeah, I will, I'll watch out for Sam, but dad, you're scaring me, and John tells Dean, uh, he doesn't have to be scared, and then he leans in and he whispers something that we do not hear to Dean. Um, who looks absolutely horrified by whatever John has said. Like, his expression, like, this is... Dean's real scared now. Yeah. Um, and John leaves the room without another word. Uh, he goes back to his own room. We see him set the gun on the like the hospital bed tray, and then he looks at someone off camera and says, okay. And we get, like, a brief, like, we see, like, the sliver of a sh- uh, shoulder... Mm-hmm. kind of step into frame, but we don't see who it what, who it is. Um, and we cut to Sam returning with coffee. Um, it's a very little cup <laughs> in a very big hand, and he finds John lying unconscious on the floor. The shot with the coffee cup, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even want to think about how many takes that happened <laughs> to get it to land perfectly upright. And the lid pops off, and the coffee goes everywhere as Sam rushes to John. And then you have just the, the silence with the music. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't hear Sam's yelling. I honestly really love it in moments like these when we don't hear mm-hmm. what the person's saying. Kind of like in this scene in um, Order of the Phoenix. Yeah. When Sirius dies. Yeah. And they had to... Daniel Radcliffe's scream was so, like, heart-wrenching that they cut it. Mm. But the silence makes it yeah. more powerful. It's... This is one of those moments. And I think we get the, like, Dean's family theme is the music, I think. Mm. The do-do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> that theme. I actually have sheet music for it. <laughs> um, I love... I. I, but this shot, the way it's framed, where you see the coffee cup in the foreground, and then Sam bending over John's body, yelling for help in the background, it's it's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really good scene. And we cut to 
um, doctors and nurses, they pull John up to, onto the bed and they're doing CPR and trying to revive him and Sam is bringing Dean in to, to you know, be there and right moments after they arrive, um, the, the doctors stop doing compressions, um, there's no heartbeat, no pulse, and they call the time of death as 10.41 a.m. But they call it over a black screen. Yeah. The screen and goes black, and then you hear time of death, 10.41 a.m., and that's the end of the episode. Talk about another cliffhanger. <laughs> this episode is so good. It's such a crazy start to a season. Yeah. Oh my gosh, because now the, the boys don't have the cult anymore. You'd think anymore. of like, something like that to be more of a, like, a season finale, yeah. but they made it the season opener. Well, because... At the end of season one, we have the whole family back together, and they like yeah, they've mm-hmm. crashed. There's been a car accident, but like they're all back together again. Yeah, but they they have the cult. They can find the demon still. Yeah, they just need to heal up and be okay. Um, this throws but it this a little episode, bit. the cult's gone. John is gone. Like the Impala's a wreck. Um, like the boys are starting. From scratch, basically. <laughs> like, they're... You just set the, the... It just sets the boys back so much. Uh-huh. So, I love it. I absolutely love this episode. It's such a good episode. I love when Kripke and Kim Manners... Like, I love when they are teamed together for an episode. Because yeah, Kripke, be obviously, he just nails the characters so beautifully. And then Kim Manners was just a master of a director. He's mm-hmm. just, he was just so fucking good at his job. <laughs> I learned... he So he worked a, on X-Files. He was a big name on X-Files. Kim Manners? Uh-huh. Okay. Um, the, char- the actor who plays the professor in Scarecrow that uh-huh. Dean goes to, that actor had a like long-term, big, reoccurring role on X-Files. It was actually yeah. like a bit of a big name. Yeah, I think you said that. And... I think I may have told you Yeah. at some point, but I just I just love the idea of Kim Manners like calling up this dude and being like, hey, want to come have a cameo on this show I'm doing? <laughs> like, I love it, but Kim Manners is just, he's just so fucking good at his job. Oh my gosh. He gets emotions and performances out of the boys that like other directors don't quite get. And the boys are obviously amazing actors, mm-hmm. but a director can have a huge influence on their performance. And I think whenever they act with Jeffrey Dean Morgan too. Also, yes, just yes. working with that experienced actor, oh. like it brings out really good performances. Uh huh. There's so much chemistry between them. Mm-hmm. They all work so well together, and this is just such a fucking good episode. Oh my gosh. So good. I could tell I'm you sad. over and over. It's so heartbreaking. And that's part of why I love it so much. I love the angst. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things. Alright. Have anything else you want to talk about, babe? I'm excited for season two. I'm so excited to get into There's more so many good episodes. Two. Yes. This season. Oh. Okay. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, if you like what you hear, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. I know a lot of people, um, like, initially find the podcast through, like, Podbean, because that's the, that's the, um, app that's promoted on our, 
like in all of our website links and on our Twitter and stuff. But we're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. Just you know, look for us, and we should be able to. You should be able to find us. And if we're not on your favorite podcast app, shoot me a message, and I'll see what I can do. <laughs> Um, please, if you have the ability to do so, rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Five-star reviews really, uh, help boost us within the podcast numbers and help us reach more people. So, if you have fellow Supernatural fans, um, it'd be really great if you could tell them about us. If they're into podcasts at all, if they're looking for something new to listen to. There are so many Supernatural podcasts out there. Are there? So, like, yeah, so many. <laughs> so, like, if we are not your cup of tea, like, there's definitely someone else. But thank you for giving us a try. <laughs> We're not. I say on episode well, that's depressing. 21. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can find the podcast on Twitter at talk about Sam pod on Instagram at we need to talk about Sam podcast and on Tumblr and TikTok at we need to talk about Sam. I am little red who could on Twitter and the little red who could on Tumblr. And of course, all of these are linked in the show notes. Um, Haley, what are your uh, social medias? Why did I say it like that? I always say it weird. I don't know how to say it. <laughs> what are your social medias? <laughs> no, You're cute. Dumb. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Life Flows On Three. Sorry. <laughs> Tickled me by accident. <laughs> and Tumblr at HF Thoughts Blog. Awesome. Thank you guys again so much for listening. We really appreciate every single Thank one you. of you. And we will talk to you next week. Bye. hit record. Perfect timing. (laughs) You don't really know if I have much to, uh, talk about because not much has happened since our last time we recorded Mm. i love you i love you Mm, cold nose (laughs) her nose is a little ice block (laughs) it's always cold i know but it's extra cold tonight (laughs) oh we went on a date today yeah we had a little date I went and got food. I went and got Beeb a new phone case. Mm-hmm. And then went to the lake for a little while. There's a lake like, kind of by my house. It's a man-made one. but Yeah. That's where we have one of our first dates. Our second date, I think it was. Because our first one was at your old place. Mm-hmm. <sighs> we found the same dock that we sat on for, like, literally hours. Except for this time it was covered in duck poop <laughs> so we couldn't so sit on it we no. sat in some chairs a little bit away from the lake instead 
It's been so smoggy. Like I we we it's woke up on wildfire smoke Friday, and it smelled like a campfire outside. It's and like like, like literally like, blocked out the sun. <laughs> yeah, like the mountains. It was and... insane. It um Friday was the worst. Friday was yeah. definitely the worst of it. Um, like I went outside for like just a couple minutes and you can't breathe. Immediately started having asthma issues. I um, stole it, not stole, but I was given a KN95 mask by my grandma to use at work because it was so bad. The Utah is half the state's on fire. I swear to God. Um, We're also getting, but California also half smoke. the country's on fire. And California's wildfire smoke. This happens. At least once every wildfire season. Yeah. It I blows swear. over, and the Salt Lake Valley is a bowl. It's so a thanks, gigantic California. bowl. So the smoke comes in, and then it just settles into the valley and gets trapped, stuck, gets trapped, trapped by yeah. the mountains. And so, the, according to one of my coworkers, the air quality people said it should clear up by Tuesday. The air people. The air people. <laughs> yeah. Aang said it should clear up by Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> but in the meantime, we're dying. <laughs> it's not it's not as bad not as it was. Not nearly as bad as it was. On but... Friday it was so bad. Like like you could like taste the air. Yeah. Like the grittiness in the air. Like, it made my throat hurt by the end of the day. Oh, like it was awful. Because you're just breathing in like heavy smoke all yeah, day. It which was is not good for you. <laughs> absolutely awful. Um but the next day it had, like, pretty much, not pretty much, but it cleared up enough that, like, it's much more breathable. The sun um, is still red, but... Yeah, the sun is still red, <laughs> but we can kind of see the vague shapes of mountains now. <laughs> like, it's not, like, legit, a thick, like, tangible layer Friday, anymore. Like, you could not see anything, like, no, past yeah. a certain distance. Like, it was, everything just disappeared. Um, it's definitely, like, the worst I've seen it. I think. Yeah. It was, it's definitely, I think it has, I think it was, I don't think I've ever seen it that bad. It was so bad. Yeah. Because I've seen it, like, the way it is today. Like, yeah. I've seen it like that before. But the way it was on Friday had me going, are we, is there a wildfire nearby? Like, it felt <laughs> I was like that. that kind of levels. Yeah. Um, I'm like, is, are all the mountains on fire right now? Because yeah. that's how it's feeling. <laughs> it's like, what is happening? I walked oh. out my door into hell. <laughs> Yeah. Smelled like s'mores, <laughs> like it was that. It was like that campfire smell, but there was a sweetness to it that made me think of s'mores. Yeah, and I was like, "Why does it smell like s'mores outside?" <laughs> <laughs> My hair smelled like campfire when I got home from work that night. Yeah, like genuinely, I sat in the car. I was like in the car, and I was like, "I wonder if my hair smells like smoke." And it did. It was. It was <laughs> and I drive around outside yeah. that much. I was only really outside to like you know, get into another building or to stand on someone's front porch for a minute or two. Yeah. Like, I was barely outside. Luckily, my car has, like, I recently, I always keep my cabin, um, and just other air filters in my car up to date, because I have really bad pollen and dust allergies. So, I was able to just keep my car's AC on and just keep the air cycling internally, and it kept it pretty clear, so... Which was nice. And obviously the KN95 mask helped a lot. <laughs> that thing was a gift. So glad to have that. But yeah, it's been bad. It's been real bad. Hiccup my bups. 
Hickamabups. The Hickamabups. Hickamabups. Yeah. So my dad always called them. <laughs> Turning into my father. <laughs> She's just full of dad jokes all mm-hmm. the time. <laughs> dad jokes, dad sayings. It'll rain and I'll be like, oh, we really needed that. <laughs> Sound like. <laughs> I do that too, though. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Oh my god. Uh, I say so many things. I'll say something. And then I'll be like, my dad says that all the time. And she'll be like, yeah, I figured. (laughs) Sounds like something your dad would say. (laughs) I've only met your dad twice, but I feel like I know him because I know you. (laughs) Uh, 